This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. Praise the Lord. You, we all ready now for the year. Amen? Let's just bow our heads and just recognize that God is here for a moment. As we've been singing in our hearts, uh, just bow your heads with me again. Lord, this is, um, this is a high time for, for this morning because we're going to open your word, not because a man gets up to speak and share his thoughts, Lord, but because we open your word and we, we want to hear from you. You know every, every journey, you know every life that is here this morning, you know we come from different places. We've been through different places too this week, but Lord, you called us in. In our journey with you, in our walk with you, today we've separated and we said we want to hear from you. Again, we want to refocus, we want to center our lives in you and acknowledge that you are our source, that you are our creator, you are our God. And so we come and in expectancy, Lord, we just pray that you will somehow, the miracle of preaching will take place and your voice will be heard in each one of our hearts. And as we open your word, that you will speak a word of encouragement of grace, and of transformation in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everyone that's been doing it, it seems like we had a lot of stuff going on this morning, right? <laughs> have you noticed that? We have uh, our group from uh, Oakwood that came, and, and they gave us a chance to talk about some of the things that they're doing, and some of you are joining in that ministry. Brother Len also spoke about the ministry here and the things that are required. But I want to get right into the words, so we... Got everything covered, I think, today, and maybe, maybe if we missed something, uh, forgive us, but uh, I think we're ready for the Word of God. Open your Bible with me to John, the chapter that we quoted, that, that was read. And it's, by the way, you probably know this, uh, I think it was last time we were sharing on the book of John, that is one of my favorite books, and I hope it's one of yours too. I mean, the whole scripture is full of life, amen? But this book of John is special because... Um, I think it really has the message of Christ and, and how central Christ is in a relationship with him, uh, really at the center of what John writes. And so we begin this year with, with words from Jesus in uh, chapter 19, right? Verse what? What was the verse? 30, 19. Well, we could start from 1 if you want to, but you know the story. <laughs> we begin with Jesus at the cross and it seems you thinking, well, what do you mean? It's the first of the year. What are we going to start with? It is finished. Might have sound like it was a sermon for last week, right? <laughs> it is finished. But I wanted us to meditate for a few moments, to ponder in the words of Jesus, because that phrase of Jesus, and think of what went on to that moment when we get to the life of Jesus, when he's at the cross, and he exclaims after living a life, a sinless life, remember? He was the sacrifice. He was the only one that could carry out the tasks that the world and the only one who could bring hope to humanity in desperate need of a line of hope and grace. And Jesus lived out his perfect life so that he could finish the work that was started. But you wonder, what do you mean finish? When was this work started? When did Jesus start the work that he said at the cross, it is finished? Have you ever wondered? What was he thinking about? Was he thinking about the three years that he was um, 
started, you know, working with the disciples those three years of pouring out his life and his theology and his, his being, who he was, into this man. What he's talking about the last three years of his life? Or was Jesus talking about just the last few hours hanging on the cross when he really got intense and it almost seemed like he was now going to be able to carry it out? Or was he talking about in Gethsemane when he's praying and he says, Father, please, if it is possible, pass this cup from me. What was Jesus, what was in his mind when he says, it is finished? That's, that's follow along the thoughts of what Angie White would say, right? A great controversy. But I want us to think about something. Before you answer that question, what was Jesus about? I, I, want, I want you to know something. I want you to meditate and understand this. Before you go into why, and by the way, any, any, anything that you would answer that, it would be really deducted, deducting reasoning, wouldn't it? Because he doesn't tell us, right? So yes, we read why we read the scriptures, and we could deduct, and we say, oh, this is what he was thinking about. The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus never finished that sentence and said, it is finished, la, 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 and explained to you and me, which, by the way, we love to do that, don't we? We love to be systematic theologians and know the details of what is Jesus thinking about. We want to know what God is thinking about, and sometimes we want to know what God is about and what is in his heart, when the truth of the matter is, folks, is that you and I need to understand something. We've only given what we have here, right? Amen? And it's true. We deduct reasoning, and I think I will agree with Sister Donna that it could be the great controversy, right? Because he's saying that's the end, and he completed it, and if we follow Angie's writings and all that, that's true. But I want you to understand one thing. Before you go and answer that question, one thing you need to understand is this, and maybe something you and I could agree this morning is this. Listen to me now. Jesus says, it is finished. And what is that? Well, actually, come with me because I, I want to read that. I'm, I don't, I'm getting excited about this. He said this. Verse 9, chapter 19, verse 30. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, it's interesting that it was after he was given what? The sour wine, which was vinegar, right? It was just, what did he, what did he do before this? Why was he given this sour wine? He was thirsty, right? If you read before, he was thirsty. He said, to them, I am thirsty. And they gave him the vinegar, the sour wine. And maybe most of you Adventists don't know what the difference is, right? Because <laughs> none of us drink wine, right? But, uh, but there is a difference. It wasn't what he had in mind. So he get this, and he understood one thing. Well, one thing is this, folks, that whatever the needs of God were at that moment, whatever the needs of God is most of the time, we actually, all of the time, you and I as human beings, we don't have what it takes to give God what he needs. You didn't hear me. <laughs> Jesus asked, I'm thirsty. And of course, man, and think about this because a lot of the times, think of this, a lot of times this year, you and I, Jesus asked us for something. Hello. I'm trying not to say hello much this year. That's my new resolution. <laughs> so this year, count those hellos that I will do, okay? My new year, <laughs> oh, let's start all over again, okay? <laughs> Can I take a mulligan? All right, so, so he asked and he received something that was totally opposite of what he was thinking. Do you think? He was not thinking sour wine, was he? He was thirsty. And when the Son of God asked, and he said, he, I mean, think about this. The Son of God was in the cross, hanging on the cross. That's what will determine the destiny of humanity. And what he gets is exactly the opposite of what he asked for. Well, before you go all crazy on this guard or whoever 
brought that to him. Think about this year, how many times God asked you for something and you did not give him what he asked for. And I don't know about you, and I don't want to be the one, but if you think of your life, I mean, listen, the truth of the matter is, is that God is always asking for something of our lives. Hello? <laughs> All right. Who's counting? <laughs> he asks. He's always asking. Remember uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and what? And knock. If anyone hears my voice, right? And opens the door. The truth of the matter is, folks, that year after year. And look back. If we look at this 2015, I tell you many times, I know as a human being, as someone that is trying to walk in the shoes of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, many times on my own strength, I did not give God what he asked me for. But then he gets, he gets the wine. And then he says, it is finished. By the way, I should pull out the outline that I have, right? That's why sometimes... I don't want to get sidetracked here, so I want to keep on task. Let me pull out the thoughts that I wrote so that at least we will know when to end, right? Amen? The one thing that I want you to understand about this phrase, it is finished, is the following. And the next, the next phrase, what, the next statement that I want to make, I want you to write it down. I want you to make this your, yeah, your Facebook cover phrase, right? How many of you were... Trying to find the perfect Facebook cover picture or phrase for the new year. I know my wife always beats me to it. She always, you know, she gets the right Facebook cover or, or what do they call that? Yeah, I think it's the cover picture and then the cover, the big banner, right? The cover, what do you call that? Um, timeline, yeah, right, timeline. All right. Jesus said, we started, the, 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 we started asking the question, what was Jesus and what was in his mind when he said, it is finished. Some of us have certain things, certain ideas, and we could agree with all those. But one thing that I want you to understand, and listen to this, the one thing that we cannot miss is this. When Jesus said, it is finished, by the way, there's exclamation, and there's no explanation after that, right? And he says, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The honest truth is, I don't know what was in his mind. <laughs> Do you? Maybe we could. We could um, argue maybe it was just a moment when, when, when uh, the thief of the cross, right? And, and he's talking about salvation, and we could infer that. But the one thing that I want you to see is this. Jesus said it is finished because whatever God starts, he finishes it. Amen? Hello? <laughs> Three. <laughs> whatever God starts... He's going to finish. And Jesus says it is finished because he wants you and I to know. And you could take that as a statement of your life this year that he has started the work in you. Hello, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, whoever started the work in you, what? Will complete it. Will finish it. Because Jesus, because God, whatever he starts, he finishes it. Right? And it could, be, it could be that he was thinking of creation because God's plan for humanity was certainly not what we had experienced up to that point. But maybe he's thinking of the time when he created men and women in chapter 1 of Genesis and he created men and he says we, he made men in what? In God's image, right? And so right there in Genesis, God gave us our identity, who we are. And right when the Bible begins, we get who we are. And so this year, I want you to think about this. You are... You are God's child, and the image of God is in your heart, in your mind, and he is promises that he will finish what he started in your life. Amen? 
So Jesus, we know that in his statement, it is finished. The Son of God was stating the reality that now he has finished the work that he started. And he started at the cross. He started back in, crea- back in creation. He started through history. He probably, he's probably thinking of Abraham, of Jacob, of all his faithful that through the ages opened their hearts to him. And he was able to carry them and move forward the work of God. So in your life, wherever you are, in whatever failures or whatever mistakes you made this year or whatever times you gave God what not what he asked I want you to know something this 2016 make this the year where maybe maybe we could begin to allow God to finish the work that he started in you amen so this it is finished is because God never lives unfinished what he starts and you wonder, and, and I'm, I'm not going to leave it just as a big statement. I want to get in the last few minutes together, which, by the way, um, before uh, you leave today, make plans. If you have not made plans, you know that we have, um, we have made plans for you to stay and have dinner with us, lunch. Sometimes I wonder if the first hour of the month people come because of the dinner or because, because of the preaching. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to take it that it's the first time of the year. God is working in your hearts, right? Nobody here came for the food, for sure. It's beautiful food. It's good food, right? But, uh, but please make plans to stay with us. So God always, fin- always finishes what he starts. What he starts. But I want you to, how is he going to do that this year in your life today? So the question comes, and, and, and the following question to that is, God wants to finish what he starts in your life. You agree with that? Yeah? Is he able to do it? Amen. Some of you are like, somebody said absolutely. Somebody said yes. Some of you are not so convinced. Is God always, is, is he able to do what he purposes to do in your life today? Yes, he is. If you wonder, what, how is he going to do that? Well, I want you to come with me to the same book of John, and this is where we'll finish this morning. Come with me to John chapter 14 and 15. Because, let's be honest, the work that he started, in, and it could have been that he started in your life, it's been, a, some of us, it's been at it for how long? God has been trying to work and shape our lives and mold us and shape us and make us more into his image. How long has it been for you? Some of you has been two years. Some of you just came back to the Lord last year. God called you out through spe- specific circumstances last year. You came back to the Lord. Some of you are coming back this first time of the year and you say, well, I want to start the year right. But then this is the last time we're going to see you for the rest of the year. We, we know that, right? <laughs> but we love you. We'll be praying for you, and we'll hope to see you maybe when you come back in, um, what was it, uh, Easter weekend, right? when everybody is thinking, when everybody comes to the rest, or the rest of the world, or maybe, you know, next Christmas season and then New Year. That's, but listen, that's not going to make it. And I'm not saying church attendance is vital to, 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 to allow God to do the work, right? That's not what I'm saying. You know that. But if you are coming to church, it does speak about what's in your heart. It does speak because sometimes we just don't find time to do the, uh, to just even come to church on the weekend. And if you can't find the time to come to church on the weekend, just imagine what your week looks like. If you can plan for God on the day that he said that you need to worship him and come and worship with others, I just pray for you because I know that you're struggling through the week and maybe you're just having even a more difficult time finding time for him through the week. But let me, let me turn you because there's hope, amen? So he wants to do, he wants, he's able to finish the work and this is where he goes. Chapter John, uh, book of John, 
Gospel according to John chapter 14, verse 14 and 15. And I'm going to start from uh, verse 16 on because I want you to know God is able to finish the work. And this is where I'm going to leave you today as we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because, again, let me say this again. God will finish the work that he started in your life this year. He's able to do it. As a matter of fact, he wants to do it. Do you know that? I mean, he doesn't want... To 2016 to be just one more year for you. And I know the rest, New Year's resolution, you started, you're here. And praise God because you're here. We love to have you here. And, and all those who come weekly, we love to have you here. But this 2016 is going to be a year where we're going to have to allow the Lord to move us to the next step where we need to go as Christians. Amen? I'm beginning to feel here in our church that perhaps sometimes, I don't know if you notice that there seems to be a lot of commotion in our church. Uh, a little bit, like even as we do in the announcement, the different parts. Part of the issue is that we really have a small little worship place to worship. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, there's maybe 120 people here today, and this place already looks kind of packed, doesn't it? It's like, I know, because the front chairs is almost, you know, you just don't count with them because people just don't like to seat up front. And we're taking that. There's two or three or four of you. Oh, six. Today is kind of packed, even up front. But... um but I'm beginning to see through the year, and especially as, as, as we be, we're facing some of those weeks where we have a, a high attendance, that if people walk into the hallway, and, and it just seems like people are just walking right away into it, because we have a small place, and it just seems to me that this year, maybe we need to finish the work or begin to plan to the work that was started here. I don't know if you know this, but this is actually phase one of a building project that University Church started back in 19, what, 79? Who's here? Uh, Brenda, you're here. And, and Al, right? When did we start this project? 1979, something like that? Yeah, right? And this was started back then, and this was supposed to be the school building. You know that? This was supposed to be the gym. And it was supposed to happen that, well, what's going to take place is that they were going to build, and actually they broke ground a couple of times, I've been told. I wasn't there, of course. I've been told that the groups and the churches broke ground a couple of times. And the last time they broke ground, and, and you probably know this, I don't know what happened. Some people, after they broke ground, they were supposed to build a new building uh, next or in front. I don't know. I can't remember the details, but I know that they were supposed to do phase two where they actually have a big place, a bigger place for worship and then and, and have more facilities to be able to serve people in this community, in this area. And so they never finished that. So maybe this year, 2016, is the year that we begin to plan to finish what got started here. Amen. Okay, anybody say amen? I've been talking to the elders about this, and they, they're, they're thinking, they're praying, we're praying, we're thinking, and maybe this is the year where God will finish the work that he started here when it comes to the building project. Maybe that's something that I'll, throw, I'll just throw at you there, and maybe we'll talk about it as we begin the year. But this is the year that God will finish the work in your life. More importantly, and I want you to think about this, is this is the year that God could take you to the next level and you walk with him. How is he going to do that? How, how can he do that? Well, he's prepared. He's made provision. Come with me to chapter 14, uh, verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he might be with you forever. That is whom? The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because he, because he does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in whom? In you. I, I, listen to this. I mean, I know you read this before, but I want you to begin to see this year as 2016 as the year that you will walk 
aware that the Holy Spirit is in your life, in your heart, in your mind, and you are taken by the Holy Spirit this year. Amen? What? You're like, you guys heard yourself? It almost sounds like somebody was going to cover your mouth and warn. Do you hear that? I mean, not, not you guys. It's just everybody. Listen to this. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you after a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. Because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am my, in my Father and you in me. And I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will love will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him these things I have spoken I'm moving up to chapter 25 because it says verse 25 I'm sorry it says I have spoken to you while abiding with you but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to you do your remembrance all that I have said to you peace I leave you my peace I give you so listen what Jesus is telling us, and, and this is what I want you to think about this year, 2016. And this is, see, I, I want you to know when I speak here, and speaking because I'm the first one who needs this to be a reality in my life, amen? And you pray for your pastor, you pray for the family, you pray for the leadership. And I love those prayers, and I love those, you know, those of you that, and I love everybody, really, most of the time. But, <laughs> hey, you know, but, 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 um. But, but those prayers that lift up leadership and you're praying that the Spirit will anoint the pastor, that anoint the leaders, the truth of the matter is that God gave us this because He wants to do it. He is living and dwelling in our hearts today, amen? So the reason, the way how Jesus is going to accomplish the work that He started in you, and by the way, what God finished, what God starts, He what? Finishes. So think about this, 2016 is the year, could be the year for you where you will just live a life where you allow the Spirit to reign freely in your life, where you begin to understand that, hey, the Spirit of God is in you. And by the way, do not doubt that the Spirit of God is in your heart today, amen? Each one of us, if you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, if you've been trying to move closer to him, if you've been trying to follow him but it's been difficult, I suggest to you that the reason for that is because you've been trying to do that on your own strength. Because you have now understood that the work of the Spirit is to continue and to finish the work that God started in you. It's the only way that he could do it. But some of us think that, especially us, as we begin, I don't know what it is, but I think we, with our denomination, I think we, this self um, absorption that we have that we think that sometimes we're the only ones who have God and nobody else in the world has God I mean I understand the theology that we have as the remnant people I don't want you to get me wrong I think I think we have a special a special gift from God a special role in history and, and in the times that we're living in but one thing that you and I cannot ignore is that God is the God of the whole world and I cannot I just cannot agree with those who think that the only ones who God got in their lives is Seventh-day Adventists. Because you look around and you deal with people and you walk with people that are opening their hearts to God and God is leading their lives. So we can't walk around thinking that I'm the only one who's got the Spirit of God, right? I'm the only one who's being led by God. But the one thing that we could agree on and we begin to sense is that, yes, it's true. I am 
allowing God to dwell in my life. And so the Holy Spirit is dwelling in my heart. And so this is how God will finish the work that he started in you. He will empower you. He will give you the helper. And you will open your heart to him. And he says that he will abide in you. And we will be, this Holy Spirit will be with you. So this is, this is good news, folks. Because that means that whatever you've been struggling with, whatever those moments that you had last year where you felt like you were about to give up your walk with God because you felt it was too difficult because you knew you become, you just face yourself in the mirror and you'd realize that, hey, I've been at this for a long time and I'm not making any progress. Well, listen, you cannot make any progress on your own, but the Holy Spirit can. Amen? But the Holy Spirit can because the Holy Spirit was given specifically for that purpose. And it's the Spirit of God, by the way, that will finish the work in you and will finish the work in the world. Amen? And so as we face 2016, I want us to think of those commitments that we need to make or those decisions that we need to make for God. As a matter of fact, I, I, I want to finish with this quote. And I think I, I know I was, I want to make sure that I have the right quote and I was trying to Anybody know this little book? Some of, some of you know. Well, this is the edition Steps to Christ, um, special edition. My mom gave it to me. That's why it's special. <laughs> um, but it talks about the power of decision. Listen to this. If we're going to go with God, right? And it's, it's the chapter that she talks about consecration. Because I, I want us to know, and, and I want, this is my call to you today, and this is what God's been speaking to my heart. In this 2016, God purposes to finish the work that he started in my life. Continue to do that, amen? To take us the next step. And I know that's what he wants for me. Somebody said God is, at the, is, is just as much at the end of his work as he is at the beginning of his work, amen? This is what she says. In giving ourselves to God, we must necessarily give up all that would separate us from him. Hence the Savior says, whoever he be or you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And listen to this. This is the next statement. Whatever shall draw away the heart from God must be given up. Again, this is through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Think about this. God finishes what he starts. And this is what he wants to do in your life. And if he's going to do that, he's going to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? But the only thing that we may do, that we need to do is... To choose to allow him to work. If we're going to do that, then we need to give up some things. Whatever shall draw away the heart from God must be given up. I don't know if you can think of something already in your life. Can you think of something? Whatever that is, God is taking you there. He's saying this is what you must give up this year. Right? Maybe it might be late night televisions. <laughs> is it David Letterman? Oh, no, he's retired, isn't he? Something like that. Jay Leno. No, I'm, I'm a little behind, I think. <laughs> so... Give up something. Mammon is the idol of many. The love of money, the desire for wealth is a golden chain that binds them to Satan. Whoa, that's different. That's not hello, but. Uh. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's fourth, huh? Somebody's counting. The love of money, the desire for wealth is the golden chain that binds them to Satan. Reputation and worldly honor are worshipped by, by another class. The life of selfish ease and freedom from responsibility is the idol of others. Wow. No, this needs a hello. <laughs> wow. Reputation and worldly honor are worshipped by another class. The life of selfish ease and freedom from responsibility is the idol of others. Just this week, we try, you know, families getting together. And by the way, some of you, some of you saw us on Facebook, right? <laughs> some of you have been following along there in Gallenberg, uh, 
Some of you saw the video posted on Facebook. Anyway, if you're following, if not, you got to see that video. Um, we had a wonderful time with the family. Um, it was with my wife's family. And by the way, it was proven you cannot make everybody happy this summer because I was spending time with my family. And, of course, my blood family relatives are upset because I'm not spending time with them. This is why when they asked me about the end of the year, you know, university had an end of the year. When the meal had an end of the year, I said, before anybody gets in trouble, I'm leaving for the end of the year. So <laughs> I'm not anywhere. I'm not God yet. I can't be in two places at the same time. So I'm out of here. But, but I was with the family. And by the way, I heard that was a tremendous blessed time that you guys have. I thank you, the elders, for leading that out. Amen. Those of you who were here, it was a time of prayer or testimony. The same in Windermere. It was a tremendous blessed time for the churches. But as we wrapping up the year, you know, one, one of our young girls of the family um, is, is, you know, they're talking about the goals and the desires for their lives. And one of them says um, that, that she wants to be a doctor, you know, a doctor and and. and and the question, of course, she's sitting next to a preacher, and, and it was her mistake to say that she wants a doctor. And I said, why? She said, I want to be a doctor because I, want to have, I don't want to have no problem in life. I want to be happy. Just have time to have money and have everything I need, you know, and pay for it all ahead of time. Because in the family, there's a doctor. And so the doctor always, you know, he's making like, I don't know, $250,000 a year. That's a lot of money, quite more than the pastor makes for sure. Well, maybe a seventh Adventist pastor. I heard the Baptist pastors make a lot of dough, but uh, anyway. Um, so, so, so she, she was. I asked the question. I said, "So, why, why you want to be a doctor?" She said, "Well, I want to, I want to be happy. I want to, you know, I want to have money." I said, "Really? And and why? I mean, for what reason? What purpose? Well, because I don't want to be struggling, paying the bill, you know, month to month." I said, "Really? And and is that is that a goal? I mean, and think about this. The truth of the matter is that most of us want a happy life." As a matter of fact, a lot of us are, 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 saying, are saying, saying happy, but this might not be a happy year because you might suffer along the way. You might lose some loved one. They might get really depressive and get tough. You might face some financial difficulty. And so that's why when they sent me happy new year, I always said blessings in the new year, right? You can't, grow with, you can't go wrong with blessings because <laughs> I know that that's what we want. We want, we'd rather have the blessing of God then be happy. The truth of the matter is, is that God never called us to be happy. Amen? So this obsession that we have with trying to be happy and trying to have money, that is truly, I believe, the, the God that we all seek. And maybe the purpose that we, you're going to school and trying to make somebody of yourself, or you're trying to do this, is because you want to have an easy life. Well, God didn't call us to have an easy life. He called us to have a purposeful life. And to have a life that will make a different for, difference for his kingdom. And I want to tell you this year, I want you to think of your life. And your goal for 2016 is not to have a happy year. I mean, I'm not wishing you anything, anything wrong that needs to happen in your life. Any, any, any tragedies or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is that we live in a sinful world. And God never called us, his children, to be happy. He called us to be faithful. To follow him. And to allow him to finish the work. That he started. So I don't know about you. I think, um, Garth, where are you? We're going to sing the last song. And we're going to pray together. But as you sing this song, I want you to think of this 2016. Yes, the year that God could do the work that he's intended to do for your life in an abundant way. In measures, in ways that you can even dream or imagine. Things that he wants to do because he is God and he could do 
what he purposes to do in your life. Amen? But think about this. There will be something that we must give up. That if you, if you want to move with God, you can't stay in the same place. you got to give something up and you got to allow God to step into your heart, to really dwell into your heart through the Holy Spirit in ways that you have not allowed God before. And if you're honest with yourself and with God today, you realize that there are things that we must, there's areas of our lives that we must open up to God and allow Him to move in. Allow the Holy Spirit to take over certain things in our lives that we, that we know God has been convicting us of through the whole 2016.